0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Catching Up With. Today I've got my good friend Cooper Doten on the podcast, and I'm so excited. This guy is one of the most thoughtful and talented people I've gotten the chance to play with, and he's such a chill hang. I think you're really going to enjoy today's episode. So without further ado, let's jump right in. you gotta you gotta sip into the mic
1: oh yeah we gotta get this is our it's our asmr podcast with lots of great sound effects oh that's good i'm yeah. practiced i've been practicing dude that's good stuff right there. <laughs> sweet
0: on subject of like stuff to actually talk about um the first thing i was interested in is the tour that you went on a while back
1: oh yeah
0: uh because i saw you i saw you like quite a bit before then and then afterwards i didn't see you very much so first off who did you tour with
1: yeah i that we met uh shortly before i went on my first tour and i ended up doing like three tours over the course of that like six month period. Yeah, and two of those were with bad bad hats. And I think maybe that's what you were mm mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Because I the one that I'm thinking of is like you had just gotten married and then you went <laughs> off on tour. Was that it? Yeah, I got
1: I got married and then ten days later went on a tour. I yeah? like, Hey, I love you. Goodbye <laughs> for three weeks. See ya.
0: Well and you were like you were like, Hey, is this cool? Oh yeah, she, and she was, was like super supportive. She was
1: super. She was super supportive, and which is awesome. I mean, it's yeah, it's incredible. I was like, when I was when they when Bad Bad Hats asked me to do it, um, that was probably like a month, maybe a month and a half before our wedding. It might have been in like late August or early September. <clears throat> and I remember thinking, "There's like no way," because like that's obviously like I was like this when i was asking like this is off the table right this is not going to happen <laughs> and she was more gung ho about like you should totally you should totally do it like it, it's a great opportunity and it's like oh, okay like <laughs> sounds good like oh, okay cool yeah i mean i just like you don't anticipate somebody to be you know super supportive in that you know yeah it's a, it's you know an
0: un, it's an uncommon like set of circun- circumstances for sure mhm um how long? How long was that tour? You said uh, you had like three. I think it was about things. three weeks. Okay,
1: that one. We went until <clears throat> mid November or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. How did you meet those guys? Um, I met that band. Uh, it was years ago. It was at a U of M show that I was doing with Ben Noble, uh, another person I play with, mm-hmm. and yeah, I met. I was. No, excuse me. It wasn't with Ben Noble. It was with Candid Kid, and yeah, it was just like a student union show, and they were also playing, and Haley Bonner was also playing. Now Haley, and uh, so I met them backstage, and we talked for a while about like Mario Kart and Mustang <laughs> bases and yeah, whatever. And then like you know, just over the years, ran into them a few times at shows and stuff, and yeah, um, I became uh, also good friends with the drummer Con Davison, and. Uh, So, yeah, it was just kind of like time and being being in a scene and getting to know people.
0: One of the most recent things that I've like sort of really tried to put a pin in, like every now and then when I hear people say certain things, I'm like, I should take some time to like really like reflect on this. Mm -hmm. But Rob, Rob said something a while back on his Instagram where he was like, if he could go back in time and tell himself something from like 15 years ago, it would be focus on your relationships. Like, oh yeah. As a musician. <sighs> totally. Focus on your relationships because it always boils down to a friend wants to hang and do such and such music project.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think in in life it's a people first mentality always. But um but yeah, I mean, going on tour was kind of eye-opening that a lot of the times it's not if you're like the best player. It's like are you like my friend and do you want to hang out? right for 3 weeks because spending 3 weeks <laughs> three weeks can be or a long longer, time you know a lot of times i mean yeah in such close proximity to another human there's no room to like kind of hide right a lot of times so at least on like mid-sized tours i have no idea what's going on on the bus you know Right. Bus or you know that kind of thing but
0: how did you guys travel around was it like a van
1: oh yeah it was a great Ooh. it was a uh, toyota sienna minivan Ooh. And it yeah. was lovely. And you know what? Shout out to Toyota Sienna minivans. <laughs> Not looking for a sponsorship here, but they wow. are
0: today's sponsor, actually.
1: Wow, that's just timing. Timing <laughs> is everything for the rhythm section. Uh, <laughs> for the rhythm section. Uh, but they, they, we were able to pack so much stuff in there and still fit all four of us very comfortably. That's like, awesome. I was pretty skeptical before we got in the van. <laughs> It's like I don't know because I'm a big, you know, I'm like six four for the I mean You can't see me on this podcast, so you should, I'm going to describe myself. I've got a huge mustache. I'm six four, and I'm I'm not a light dude. I'm not a heavy dude, but fitting in the back seat of any vehicle is always like I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah, and there's a surprising amount of leg room in the captain's chairs, nice. second row of a Toyota Sienna. Is that what that's called, the captain's chairs? I believe that's the captain's the captain's Road. quarters
0: <laughs> and see it's called that because in the 18 18- I don't know. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's awesome. That's super cool. So you got to go on tour. You got yes. to do some like some pretty cool shows. Was that if I remember right, that was like down south?
1: That one, yes, that tour was down to like the southeast US and I had never really been down to Florida and yeah, Florida's an interesting place, for sure.
0: Are they, is that where they're from, or are they like a Midwestern group, or? Uh,
1: it's kind of all, it's kind of all over. They've all kind of made mini, uh, Minnesota their home. Okay. But they're, you know, Carrie, Carrie actually the lead singer, was born here. Gotcha. And then, uh, as, a, as a young child, moved to uh, Alabama, spent most of her childhood there. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> Chris is from the East Coast. And Con is actually from Austin, Texas. So like, they nice. all, they all, uh, Chris and Carrie met at college in Minnesota here, and Con moved up here, I think, for the music scene. Yeah. At some point, pretty sure that's why he moved up here. <laughs> and they all stayed essentially because of the music scene.
0: Yeah. Okay, that's something I'd like to hear because you, you're, you and I are both from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. You've been in the music scene. For, I mean, considerably longer than I have. <laughs> you've been... Because you're, like, from the Minneapolis area, sort of. Like, St. Yeah, Louis yeah. Park, right?
1: Yeah, well, you just suburbs. Chaska and Albertville. I just, you know, but, like, grew up around Minneapolis. 45-minute drive, tops, you know, that yeah, kind of
0: thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you feel, like, after you've had the chance to do some, like, traveling, you've played with some different groups, some right. of your own groups, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. like, what? what's kind of your take on the Minneapolis scene because i feel like there's there's a lot of different reactions to it if you're from here because i know some people who've left in sure. pers- in pursuit of stuff yeah and yeah and sometimes that pans out but sometimes i feel like they just end up doing the same stuff
1: yeah that's a that's a there's a lot you know there's a lot to unpack in yeah yeah um i think it all depends on what you know what you want i think some people want to move because they foresee bigger opportunities but you know i I think the question to ask yourself is like are you pursuing what you want to pursue while you're even here like are you even putting your eggs in the right basket or do you think that like just moving and doing the same thing that you're doing is going to change that
0: like yield different results somehow (laughs) right it's like
1: you're gonna if you're putting the same energy out and like focusing on the same aspects of like musicianship or playing or like the connections you're trying to make or like you know trying to prove to everybody that you're like a badass guitar player or something like that but then you're not building relationships like we're talking about right. before then it's probably going to yield the same you results. sort of end
0: up in the same place
1: yeah uh man minneapolis great city yeah beautiful super clean i think you you'd travel around a little bit and you kind of realize like this is I guess this isn't the standard I thought like every city was like so and maybe part of that is everybody spends six months inside yeah you know you can't be outside all year but it is it's a really clean and beautiful place to live and and uh yeah it has a unique arts and music scene I think part of that is the result of uh, cost of living being as low as it is it's like people are able to do more of that
0: yeah it's more sustainable
1: <clears throat> yeah yeah totally which you know that's kind of like uh, pro and con it's like that's great but then it doesn't also make people you know like people who live in new york it's like you gotta go a hundred percent like you gotta take it really seriously yeah
0: to do it that's something i feel like that's an aspect to it where if somebody packs up the car and they move to like nashville or new york or mm-hmm. la it's like you're Putting like everything on the table because yeah. it's like, I mean, it's a gamble. It, it's a gamble in any case because you can be the best at what you do. And it's still a matter of like meeting people and circumstances and things like that. But there, there's some like an interesting aspect of like having to just like survive, you know, like, yeah, you've got to just make it work, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe that's the appeal to moving away. It's just like I want to feel like if somebody wants to move away and just sort of be out of their comfort zone, just for the sake of like, I need to feel like I'm, I'm working to make it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I think the, you know, the idea of making it and having, you know, I, there's also a lot to unpack with whatever making it is. Right. Like that, that whole phrase, like, like the a, older I get, it's like, what does that even, that doesn't really mean. It's like
0: a shapeless sort of yeah, thing. Yeah.
1: Cause it's different for everybody. Exactly, you know, going back to like why your motivation for moving or getting in is like, that's, that's an important question to continue to ask. I don't think you're ever going to find the right, you know, like your answer. Some people do. I'm not that way.
0: Right, because that's the thing, too, is like, even though it's not only uh, success or like making it or arriving, whatever it's called, even though that looks different for everybody, it's not just Mm -hmm. that, but it continues to look different. To the yeah. individual.
1: Right, once you get to that place where you're like, I've always wanted to do this, that moment of satisfaction is so small. Yeah. It's tiny.
0: You cross it off your list, and then you just if have you to-
1: made If you made a list, if you're the type A creative who <laughs> right. decided that they were going to make a list of their dreams, <laughs> which I tried, I maybe got like two down, and then I forgot. I have no idea where that list is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I just... I've, I've been fascinated with the concept of, like, being okay. Like, pursue. If you have something you know you want to do, pursue it. Yeah. That's fine and dandy. But whether or not that works out, success can come anyways. Because it might not work out, but that could be because you find out you didn't like it. Or it wasn't satisfying to you. Hmm. Or you were better at something else that you enjoy more. I just feel like... Because I used to define success or, like... I don't know, even, like, day-to-day successes as just, like, being the best at doing what I do,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
0: uh, it's just, like, that's such a one-dimensional way of thinking.
1: Oh, yeah, sup- super one-dimensional.
0: There's so many and more you re- aspects.
1: Well, you realize two things. One, it's, like, one-dimensional, and two, there are a million other guys that have that exact same singular dimensionality approach to what it is to, like, doing your thing. Right. And so, like, why, you know... I think why try to... I think it's noble to pursue something and try and be great at it. But yeah. also, why try to do the same thing that everybody else is already doing?
0: Yeah. I think to find... To to bank everything on, like, this has to go how I planned... Mm-hmm. Is is where it gets... Is where it gets sort of dangerous. You know? That's where it gets, like... I've definitely had cycles of, like, getting burned out. Because it's like, this didn't go how I planned. And I gave it my best effort. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well part of that is just like it's life but also you can choose to look at it in a different way of like okay well what did this yield and how can i pursue those opportunities oh yeah man
1: i mean that's that's just that's the perfect way to go about life yeah you know
0: because i'm sure like you and i've had i had the similar conversation with ian where it's just like some of his best opportunities came from doing things that he was like He's like, yeah, I'm having fun doing this, or like, I enjoy doing this, but this isn't necessarily what I would consider a dream scenario. Right. But you you take your opportunities and you have fun with it, you give it your best, and yeah, man. they just yield more opportunities. And yeah. you always have options. I feel like just being true to you, what you do brings you closer to those opportunities that you and would I think, enjoy. You know,
1: I, I think that it also says something about the person who shows up and, like, really does a great job at the thing that, like, wasn't their dream scenario or, like, maybe they're, like, going into it with, like, a little bit of a chip on their shoulder and they, like, don't have to tell anybody about that. Yeah. But they yeah. can, like, go into that situation, really own it, and still do what they do super well. And people, you know, people respond to that and, like, realizing that it's more than just the music. It's not, you know, music's, like, the you know, important, but... <laughs> It's the people, man. Come on. Yeah. It's like yeah. if you show up and have like a terrible attitude, <laughs> no one's gonna want to hang. Right. And you're not gonna you're not gonna call for the thing. Not to say that that's it's not a binary like that, but
0: right, right. But I feel like I feel like other people notice that too. Like if the band isn't close, or like not even necessarily close. Like if they're not getting along, I feel like that sort of stuff translates. Mm. And you just I don't know the because we both play at church and the best scenarios at church that i've had or where the band is like having a great hang mm-hmm. you know the weekend is just like it's just a fun time first and foremost the music is automatic and you all just have a good time on stage but it's like if nobody's interested in being fun to hang around that's is, just gone <laughs>
1: it is it is funny that it's like the more that we're like hanging out with one another and we hear one another in conversation that we tend to like hear each other on stage and tap into something that's bigger than just like, Oh, we're like playing music together. It's like, that's when we access like a spiritual dimension in music, which I think is possible outside of a church.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I've never heard somebody like put words to that.
1: Oh, I think it's everything. I think that's why you make music in the first place.
0: That's, that's really insightful. Just like, specifically like the like when you make an effort to hang out and like just be with each other as a band that's when you start to like hear each other because that's true i've just never like had that articulated
1: i think i just realized it in myself sometimes of going into like a situation and um not knowing somebody and maybe not really like wanting to you know like make a new friend or you know whatever it's just like you go into a situation, then you're in conversation with somebody and it kind of surprises you. It's like, oh, there's like this dimension of who you are that I didn't see before. And then you get on stage and sometimes you like hear that come out. Now, it's not all the time, but like. Right. That can certainly happen. I that's, think that's like a the potential thing. there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious to know because I've heard some of your like other projects that you work on yeah. and i'm curious
1: oh you have <laughs> oh you
0: uh, you know i do then huh <laughs> <laughs> um so i don't know everything that you're a part of but i know that you're in a band arburn correct
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's one of yeah uh
0: <laughs> you could one could deduce yes yes <laughs> uh and you i'm trying to remember you, you were in this, like, avant-garde project? You might still be?
1: Oh, yeah. That, I don't think that uh, Eric's released anything. It's uh, a, a band called Fake Accent, and it's... Um, I love that name. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, but Eric uh, is the bass player for Happy Apple, and he is a personal, like, musical hero of mine and asked me to play bass in his, in his band. And it's like, of course. I would absolutely love to do that, and it's just yeah it's been like a slow process we recorded last year i don't know what his plan entirely is with coming out with that stuff but that's like a really cool project in terms of you know pushing uh your own limitations about what music can be and like how to listen and or like be a constant you know a lot of the times the bass in that band is like the the almost like the metronome for something it's like everybody else gets to play around Me while I'm like holding down a groove in seven and it's just got to be like right there. (laughs) It's like I've got to zone out and like we'll try to like listen as much as I can. But also like, nope, this is where this is where it is. Yeah. Kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm curious, like what the. Yeah, that that whole dynamic is just fascinating to me because I've never. The only like avant garde sort of stuff that I had heard up until you showed you showed me and a couple other people like that music was just like, like the really avant-garde stuff where people are like banging books together and sawing tables half <laughs> and stuff like that. That was like what I had in my head for avant-garde. And you were like showing us that, and I was like, oh, this is this is really dope. Yeah, um, no, it's
1: it's cool music for sure. And he's he's well versed and well, I think well studied and, uh, yeah, it's cool to see him composing this music and working at making like some really interesting pieces
0: yeah and is that a is that a trio
1: uh it's a quartet okay so it's uh bass saxophone guitar and drums usually but he's got Eric's got a bunch of little toys he'll play like a little casio keyboard he's got a drum machine that he'll play around with he's doing like so much stuff he's bringing like two amps to the show it's a lot (laughs) that's awesome that's cool though it's like the mad scientist sort of vibe (laughs) Yeah, he's <laughs> Well, I think you know when you're and you probably understand this when you're when you're the person making the project it's just a completely different thing. I'm I'm rarely in that boat yeah. where I'm like the person who's like pushing the project, but I was I was just having a conversation with some friends last night about like the idea of uh you know trying to make something and even it, wanting it to be successful at all is like terrifying because i've seen so many friends who like because <clears throat> you know and this is talking about why people move like minneapolis just doesn't have like a, a big industry presence yeah and so trying to become successful like getting unquote, discovered and that sort of yeah stuff. and like making money on your record in minneapolis is a, a pretty difficult thing to do you know most people who become successful i think oftentimes either leave minneapolis or have left Minneapolis for a period of time and have made connections with people in different parts of the country. Yeah. Because that's where, you know, it's like people move to Nashville because they want to go on a on a bus tour. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you can absolutely do that. Like move
0: to where it is.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Rather than like fighting against your geography. Totally. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I think I'm... I'm also interested, because I, I was talking with JD about, like, how social media has affected the music, like, the industry side of things. Hmm. And I'm curious if it'll ever get to the point where, I mean, I feel like it won't, but we're just seeing more opportunities come from, like, so-and-so got discovered on Instagram.
1: That's crazy. I've never even heard, I mean, besides, like, the... Um, um, like a almost like a circus it's like this this is crazy because it's a five-year-old who can play bass better than me it's right, like, right or like can shred faster than me it's like that's you know and he's got a mil. you know five million followers cause and we,
0: it's crazy and nobody would have n- ever known about him right 10 years ago
1: without social media or youtube or something like that right. i think there are lots of those things i've I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm maybe more in the dark on that stuff out of personal preference. Yeah. As to like, but I've never heard of anybody like, oh, they got on tour because of their social media account. Yeah. Or like, that's the sole reason they were yeah. discovered because of it. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the argument that I've often heard is like, people will go and immediately check. It's like, if somebody gets recommended, it's like, oh, let me check out their social media. It's like your account.
0: portfolio. Or your, Insta- or your Instagram is kind of like your business card.
1: Yeah, yeah, almost, yeah. Where totally. it's like if
0: people are interested, then they'll check it out. Yeah. To, like, sort of get confirmation of, like,
1: Yeah, this okay. person said that, you know, so-and-so was cool.
0: Right. And that's kind of the same thing with, with like, YouTube. Because I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the story of Corey Wong getting on Ben Rector's band was that way. Oh. Where Steve Gould was like, hey, I know a guy. And and then ben just like pulled up his youtube videos and was like cool let's get in touch but it wouldn't happen if steve gould hadn't been exactly. like hey i know a exactly. guy and if it wasn't steve gould it could have been different you know the fact that it's a specific person with a reputation recommending right. somebody in person yeah with the assistance of you know instagram and youtube and then it then it can be like a quick decision instead of like weeks of discussing like hey we need to meet and you know now it can happen like lightning fast but yeah there's there's still like that necessary human element of like totally I trust you
1: I think people always want that you know yeah I think people always want the human to human like that's always super helpful yeah totally I'm side note I'm always banking like (laughs) like There's been a lot of like technological advancements in the world, and so there's always that that concern that uh, you know your job's going to be taken over by a machine, or in our case, perhaps a computer who's recording us right now could one day take <laughs> over all of the base jobs. All of but the base. I like to I like to reference any future movie like Star Wars or Blade Runner, where there's always you know a musician or musicians. Playing in a bar, and they're always human or alien with intelligence. They're not a computer. People want to hear people. It's I true. think we're going to be moving more and more, hopefully more and more away from like just a computer. You know, I think we've kind of maybe hit our threshold. As we'll see. I don't know. Like, yeah. I think gen- genuinely, people want to see people make music. It comes back to like that spirituality dimension of what music is. It's like intangible. It goes beyond. You know, at least what computers are capable of at this current moment in time
0: yeah like the spontaneity of of you just expressing yourself in the moment it just can't be replicated and I mean
1: yeah that's what's beautiful about live music in particular mm -hmm. like you're always chasing that thing
0: yeah and I think like software has gotten really close with its emulations and stuff like that but I've heard I forget what software it is but I was watching this YouTube video on artificially intelligent, like AI produced music, where like what does it sound like? There's like AI programs that are like, you basically you feed it different, uh, you feed it different pieces of music, and it'll like gain it'll like gain information on the composer that you give it, <laughs> and then it'll write something in that style. And so, it, it, like, it it'll... pretty t-
1: good? Does it, it, like, turn out, like, it sounds like said composer?
0: It, it does. Like, it was... I mean, for basic examples, it was, like, given, like, Mozart. <laughs> and it was, like, given all these pieces. Basic
1: examples. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, basic examples. But then it went into, like, here's a song in the style of Lady Gaga based on all of her stuff. And then here's a song in the style of Coldplay based on all of her... All of their stuff. Yeah. And it's, like, it it sort of gets it. It gets like some elements where you're like, oh yeah, I see, I see some of the elements in there, but there's still like this uncanny sort of quality to it where it's like, it's, yeah, it's not quite, it's not quite right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm just waiting for iRobot to happen and Will Smith and his converse (laughs) can save us all. We need you, Will. But yeah, (laughs) we need you, Will. (laughs) He's doing good. Someone was telling me he's going to be in a movie soon where he's playing both of the main characters yes what's what is that i don't don't know what it is
0: oh man i was just listening to a podcast about (laughs) literally about this movie they were talking about it and i (laughs) i can't remember what it's called it's like (laughs)
1: that's so crazy
0: concussion or something
1: like that oh so he's got like some kind of memory thing and he's like
0: i think that's what it was i could be wrong okay um and the movie where he plays a bird
1: he plays a bird.
0: <laughs> there's a I don't know if it's out yet, but there's a like an animated movie where he's like a secret agent, like spy sort of character, and he gets Ugh. turned into a bird so he can spy as a bird or something what? like that. S- some of the most random I like I think
1: seeing him as the genie just in the preview. I didn't go see the live action of yeah. but just the preview enough startled me yeah. to the point where I was like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Ooh.
0: Startling is probably the best word for that that i've heard
1: <laughs> i think i yelled i think i was like alone and i was like, ah! like what so- is that well he just you know it's like the big reveal god oh, will smith's the genie it's like they wait most of the way through the preview and then he like turns his face and you're like okay that's scary yeah, <laughs> yeah. well okay this is like i
0: again i was i was listening to some reviews and they mentioned the aladdin movie and they were like I feel like this offends somebody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there's something... There's a weird quality to him being... Like, this this iconic black man being an all-blue in, like, an Indian setting. And he's just like... I feel like... I feel like I should feel offended on behalf of the blue people.
1: <laughs> yeah, wherever they are. Yeah. They're mad.
0: It just looks wrong. It just looks wrong. Oh, man. Will Smith. And also, like... Disney's choice to have Will Smith be the genie genie, it's not like it's not like ten year olds know who Will Smith is.
1: Yeah, what an interesting point, yeah. I don't I just think that's weird. (laughs) They could have chosen someone who would have been like more Yeah like like PewDiePie or like a YouTube star. Yeah. Or Um, even
0: like if they chose like Chris Pratt. It's like um, he's he's in the Marvel movies, he's goofy, that's fine and dandy. Although he I mean, it's a bad example for like a genie, perhaps, but
1: his face know. would look weird on that blue body
0: yeah I just think don't do not do it live action yeah that's my solution
1: <laughs> don't do a live action Aladdin at all yeah it's well it's <laughs> genius if you think about it it's like gives the pe- people who are roughly our age who now a lot of them have kids who grew up watching this movie it's like gives them the chance to relive this thing in a slightly different way and then also gets their kids to buy into this franchise it's like it's I a, mean, they're, it's the money machine, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's what it comes get down it to. Get it rolling.
1: Get that money machine rolling.
0: <laughs> it's like, cool. We have this property that's still really popular. Let's just sort of like kick it so it starts God, rolling it's been again. That's
1: been their thing for how many years now? Twenty years. Yeah. Geez, man. It's kind of this. Hey, you know, hey, let's circle this back around to music. It's what a lot of bands <laughs> end up doing. You know, like, hey, we did this great thing. We're not gonna do a different album for the next twenty years and we're gonna go until we're doing the casino circuit when we're fifty. Yeah. I don't know, man.
0: Oof. I mean, if that's satisfying for somebody, but I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna do that.
1: Great buffets though. Great
0: buffet. Great buffets. Great buffets. You
1: can smoke inside. I don't know if that's your thing. It's pretty, pretty jarring to be around people smoking cigarettes inside.
0: Is there like a specific law or like a loophole for casinos? I,
1: yeah, there I did, is.
0: I did not know that. Yep, that's fascinating.
1: At least in Minnesota, I don't really know what the vibe is across the country.
0: Yeah, I'd be surprised if that was a thing in like California.
1: Oh yeah, I'd be very surprised as well.
0: I feel like people would be outraged. <laughs>
1: there's actually there's a great Nathan for you it's a television show where he's trying to be able to smoke in a bar and the only way that he can do that is to put on a play so he like gets approval and like doesn't like so he's
0: playing a guy who smokes
1: right in a theater production and so the whole thing is like him working so hard just to be able to have people smoking inside (laughs) because the whole bar is now a theater presentation that people are watching
0: it's amazing. Yep. Is this a movie you said?
1: It's a TV show. TV show. Yeah.
0: That's that's one of the best ideas I've ever
1: heard. The whole... Yeah. It
0: sounds like it sounds like something that would be in like a South Park episode or something.
1: Yeah, almost. Yeah, there's the... What's the name of that episode? Butt Out. It's a South Park episode with cigarettes and Rob Reiner. I haven't seen that one. Oh, man. It's pretty, it's pretty good.
0: Is it a classic?
1: It's one of my personal favorites. Yeah,
0: the so I haven't seen that much South Park, but like the ones that I have seen, uh, that really stuck with me are the Towley episodes.
1: No, you're a towel.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he just needs to get a little high to like solve all of his Not problems. Just a little high. Yeah, <laughs> you're <laughs> you're too I, good at that voice.
1: Yeah, I remember those episodes. Yeah, it's good. stuff. Those ones are fun. Yeah, and he always somehow saves the day when he's <laughs> after he
0: smoked. I love they're trying to like break into the the government base and he's like it's like
1: <laughs> oh come play dee funky town. Yeah, he's like dee dee dee. <laughs>
0: that's it. And they're like that's the password and he's like that's the melody of to funky town. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's great.
0: Oh, uh, so good. Um tell me tell me more about uh your band Arburn.
1: Yeah, uh we've is, been Is that you and
0: Reese?
1: Me both and Reese. Yep. And uh for those of you who don't know, Reese Kling is my roommate. Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon Kling the third and <laughs> uh Zach Brosy. And uh it's three of us. And we've been playing music together for I don't know, five, six years now. Um and yeah, we got together it was one of those things Zach Oh, did crazy. you see that? There was a sound panel that almost just fell down and... Killed us all. Derek saved the day. Oof. I'll put that back up. It's my uh, job. <laughs> yeah, you know, should I just keep going? While while this is happening? If only you could see, great listeners, what is going on in this room. My goodness. There's uh, no... There's no... Uh... All right. I've got a panel in between us. It's for soundproofing. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna recover. I gotta, I gotta refocus in here. You. Uh, uh, so it's like a so you. In the green.
0: So you you play, you play music.
1: That's correct. What do you play? That's correct.
0: And how do you play? That's
1: correct. I do. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. No. It's yeah. It's the three of us. This is just. Uh, we, oh. It was one of those things, the first time that we got together and Zach had a song. Um, it's called Breezy. It's on our first EP. and he EP like, Easy. Oh, Whoa. yo. Uh, uh, and he, and he, we played it together. And, and it was one of those things of like, this is really special. And you just, you know it right away and you feel it inside of yourself. And it's that kind of like that spiritual dimension to music. Yeah, that we were talking about where like somehow some sometimes some things just happen. And uh, I think that they're like so far in my uh, musical journey. I think there's like, you know, very a very few number of people where I play with them. and, And for the first time that we like ever play music together, something really special happens. Yeah. And it's like I can't really put a name to that thing other than to say like we you know, like access some spiritual dimension of music or there's something deeper than just like two people like jamming. Yeah. Like, and that's cool. No, nah, that's cool too. Like right, you, learn, right. you learn a lot from that and that's like beneficial and can be so much fun. But sometimes I think that things go past that and it's important to acknowledge that. And and with Reese, that's the case. And with Zach, that's the case. And the, the three of us together, like something sometimes happens. Yeah. And, you know, and we're trying to...
0: And you can't fabricate that.
1: No, Yeah yeah so uh that's yeah. really
0: cool that you're like you're attentive to that sort of thing
1: i yeah it's the most yeah i think just trying to find that thing all the time and it's cool to be in a project with other people who i think are aware of that and like trying to find the same thing in their own in their own way
0: yeah that's awesome is so you said breezy was the title of the of that
1: single. song the one that he yeah
0: is that the one was like Ooh,
1: la. la. No, that's uh, Smokescreen, yeah.
0: Oh, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the, have you done a music video for more than just that song?
1: I, no, I don't think that we okay. have. That one, yeah, that was a fun one. I, my nephew loves that song. Yeah? He's, he's, for those of you who haven't seen it, there's a scene with the bathtub, and every time my nephew was taking a bath for like six months, he wanted to be <laughs> like, quote, Uncle Tutu. Uncle Tutu. He, he, he calls me Uncle Tutu. Oh man! Yeah. All right all right, all right. all right. No sappy stuff. <laughs> 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 I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs>
0: oh man. Uh, that's like that's just my favorite thing is when when stuff gets sappy. I'm just like I'm not
1: crying. You're crying. <laughs> I really loved that deep. That's a pretty convincing masculine voice, though.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: It's a great eyebrow. Uh, yeah, that was the only... Oh, this is back to our ASMR podcast. Sipping it. Ah, oh, sip, Sips with Derek and Coop. That's a good...
0: You could start your own show. Sips with Coop.
1: It would just be lots of whispering and sipping.
0: You're just like... The episode starts and you're like... Today, I've got the... Uh, oh,
1: it's so s- nice. I've got
0: the... Cherry Lot uh, number 7. I've brewed this this morning, and I'm about to take it for a sip.
1: Oh, that's good. And we hope all of you that have fallen asleep at the wheel have not crashed your car.
0: I just drank that whole cup of coffee.
1: You were actually drinking it? You weren't just... No, I wasn't just blowing bubbles. Wow. I'm committed I got I got taken to a place there I was very relaxed
0: okay this is random you mentioned Mario Kart oh love it N64 version I was about to ask I
1: die ride or die man ride or die (laughs) that's kind of the version I didn't grow up with one but I in college uh we had one in our dorm room and it was yeah something I just loved loved to play it's a great console I ended up senior year punching a hole in a friend's wall. Sorry, Peter, because we were racing and he wasn't allowed to. He wasn't allowed to yell because he is a yeller, and so at the end of the race, he let it all out. After he barely beat me, and he got in my face, and then I punched a hole in a wall. <laughs> it was a different time. I get pretty heated with Mario Kart. I don't mess around, man. I can't imagine you getting like pumped up enough to just punch a hole in the wall. Yeah, no, it's a different time, man. Different time of life. Where uh where did you go to school? Went to Bethel University in Arden Hills, Minnesota.
0: Arden Hills. Nice. Uh when when was that? How 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 uh how aged are you?
1: I'm getting I'm getting kinda aged. I was t- 2010 to 2014. that I was there.
0: Those are my high school years.
1: Yep. See, we we're getting kind of aged. We're not that. Uh, we're not that far apart. It's kind of weird, and I'm sure that other people would say this, but like being like the oldest person. Sometimes I'm like the oldest person on a team, or whatever. And it's like, am I really my old? I, I remember as a kid <laughs> seeing people my age and, and being like, the like, old guy. Yeah. Well, I like you're like in middle school. And somebody like my age is your leader, and you're like that person's so old. I'm never gonna be that old. <laughs> and then you're like, you're like 28. You're like those kids look so young. And they're like, I'm never gonna be. That I'm never young. gonna be. That- <laughs> 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 yeah, something like that. Uh. Just like I, I now look at people in college, and I'm like, those are babies. You're so young. Yeah. And you think that you got it going on, but it's you just come on, give it a few years. <laughs> Don't worry. Cool
0: cool the jets. Yeah, I'm. I'm also like interested in. So, I didn't go to college. A lot of my friends from high school, in fact, most of them did. Um. Like it's just interesting. I feel like I'm so glad that I was able to get out of the high school mentality. I think a lot of people do when they go to college, they get out of the high school mentality. But I'm just so glad that like cuz i come from a really small town mm-hmm. and it's like when you're if you're popular in school or if you're good at sports or if you're on such and such a group it's like it's a very safe place for you oh to, sure to feel good about oh. yourself and oh yeah you betcha oh and, sure oh and feed your ego
1: oh a lot of big egos out there on the football <laughs> team and uh up in small rural minnesota <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh it looked like you were going to keep going sorry.
1: Oh no. Uh, nope, sorry. Oh, no, Oops, uh sorry about no, that there.
0: Nope, no, I'm done. No, I'm all done. Uh but it's like I'm so glad that cuz a lot of the people I went to school with I feel like they went to college and they just sort of kept doing their their dude bro thing of like yeah, I got a party and uh, sure. Yeah. You know, and I've got to like impress my peers and make my parents think that I'm successful and all this sort of stuff and I'm just like I'm glad that I just lowered the bar my senior year and I was like, not a failure, but like, you know what I mean? I, like, I definitely, my senior slide started in 10th grade.
1: The senior slide. And, uh, never understood the senior slide.
0: (laughs) Were you like a good academic
1: kid? I did, I did well in school. I did PSEO, which you're smart for the last two years full time. See that, if I could go back, because
0: I'd, Here's the thing if I could go back and do high school again, I I would have done PSCO. like I wish I would have had the mm-hmm. the sense to do that and be motivated to that. Mm-hmm. but I probably still wouldn't have gone to college. I would have just been like listen, I have this in case I want it. It's a to good starting it. yeah. it's a good starting point right It's free college <laughs> yeah. which is fantastic um, because there were kids in the grade below me who graduated with like a two-year degree like there were some kids who yeah. were who were like going off campus <clears throat> and doing classes yep. and things like that. And I just think that's amazing, but my actual experience in high school was like they have this thing called an S where you don't pass the class, but they let you go anyways. What? <laughs> and I got a lot of those, boy, let me tell you. <laughs> oh,
1: I didn't know that was a don't know that was really a thing.
0: Oh yeah. So I think if I could go back and do it again, <clears throat> I would either Like I would go one of the two routes. One is like I'd go extreme and just drop out. Be done with it.
1: Of high school? Yeah. You wouldn't come on, you need to get a GED. You need to get a high school equivalency.
0: No one's ever asked me for my high school diploma. That's all I'm saying.
1: But it's it's helpful. It's helpful to navigate the world. I think having just just finishing high school, great.
0: Or the other route is I would have done enough to respect my teachers. And that's it <laughs> enough to like pass the classes, respect my teachers, be in good standing yeah. and then get out of there. You know, one of those two routes.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think the whole point of education is just to like, to better yourself. It's like, I, I think you're see you know, like seems like you're good at that with music, right? I, I, for, at least from the outside looking in, it looks like you're constantly trying to learn things and get better at things. And like, I hope so. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so the same is true with, like, education and...
0: Yeah, I think I think the biggest things I learned in high school and, like, as a result of high school after the fact are not necessarily the actual things I was taught, but it's, like, the, the life concepts, the life lessons of... Because I had a band director in high school, Mr. Nelson, who was, like, my biggest influence at the time, and he was the first person who told me, like, if you want to do music then you should just do it. And it was the first time I ever like That's he cool. he was like you should do it for a living. Like don't just do it, like do it for a living. And that was the first time I ever had somebody who was an adult who was just like, yeah, like why wouldn't you just if you love to do this, why wouldn't you just do it and get paid for it? And um, uh, you know, and just different things like that were life lessons of like, oh, the teacher doesn't necessarily want me to because I think you just learn a lot about people in high school. Like there, there are teachers who are great at what they do, and they're like, "All I care is that you learn something," mm-hmm. and that's that's the most important thing. And then there are some teachers who are like, "I don't care what you do. I just need a five paragraph essay that looks right," mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you just play the game. And so it, it kind of teaches you how like the the workplace sort of the the spectrum of different attitudes towards life are where it's like oh yeah totally. listen i don't i don't care the quality of what you're giving me i just need you to hit the right beats
1: i'm here i'm here clock in and clock out just do the thing yeah just do the thing get it done but
0: then but then i had like some seriously passionate teachers who are like i'm not gonna let you fail because like this what i do is i help kids learn it's what you
1: do and what's and what's like more inspiring? It's the latter. It's like that teacher, that person in your life is far is far more inspiring and um to be around that person helps bring you life, which yes. I think is a sign that that's a healthy thing, a healthy behavior.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. But man, we got off on a tangent there about high school.
1: Yeah, dude, high school sucks. Whatever, dude.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I went down that rabbit hole. It was just like, I'm glad that at the place in my life, because I'm, I'm 23 now, I'm glad that I I feel like at this point, I've been in a new place of a new stage of life for a while where the mentality of high school and impressing peers and getting satisfaction from like impressing people mm-hmm. is like starting to fade away yeah and it's just it's just like man if i could if i could have understood that as a teenager that would have been such a game changer you know yeah because it's it's so taxing to like impress people and get your energy from that
1: yeah i think that that realization comes for everybody at a different time but it's an important it's a definitely an important thing to know yeah Cause that's not gonna, That's not sustainable at all. Yeah. Yeah. Do it for you. Not because anybody else has said, Hey Derek, do a podcast. So that's about something that you find interesting or about investing in people. You just decided to do that.
0: Right. Right. It's, it's one of those things where it's like this, this doesn't yield, uh, like praise. Like I mean, obviously, there. I've had some people who are like, I really like the first episode of the podcast. I like what you're doing. You know, keep it up. But it's it's like, I'm. I realize that I get more satisfaction out of conversations, interesting conversations, mm-hmm. and being able to share experiences with people. And so the podcast is like just a means to do that. Mm-hmm. And I get satisfaction out of like if people like the podcast, then. I'm like, cool, that means you got something out of it. And that, to me, is more satisfying than you saying that you like what we talked about or you like how we talked, you know? Mm-hmm. It, yeah. So, and yeah, and that's just a result of of me realizing that after a while, I'm like, okay, I I just want to do my thing because that makes me happier.
1: That's a really important thing. I think something that I... I'm still, you know, trying to be aware of all the time. but something I think that I picked up around the same time. It's just like, what do you, what do you really like about something and, and taking time to reflect or meditate or whatever on trying to figure out what that is and then abstracting that thing and then looking for it in other things Yeah. or whatever, like just really th- honing in on, on what you enjoy about something. I think that, like, it's helpful for, you know, making music or making, you know, creating a life Yeah. with somebody else or... Totally. That kind of stuff. I'm not crying, you're crying. I'm not crying, <laughs> you're crying. Man. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's something that um, uh, Jasper has said to me a couple times that I really that's kind of stuck with me. He's like at a very early age I was I was good at like picking out things from records like learning them, things that I like really liked. Yeah. And then like identifying that thing and being able to apply it to other things. And that's kind of that's an interesting concept to me. It's like you can do that with anything. It's like, "Oh, I really like the way major 7 chords sound, so like does that sound cool here?"
0: Yeah. Yeah, I it's interesting that you bring that up because that's like my favorite thing about Jasper is the fact that his his whole mentality is when he hears something he likes or he hears something that's cool, he almost never is like what are the settings? What's the instrument? That sort of stuff. It's like he's interested in the inspiration of that sound. Mm-hmm. You know, because that is like that's how you unlock the ability to take that with you and replicate that for yourself is is like tapping into the inspiration behind it instead of like well these are the settings on my distortion pedal and this is the delay pedal I was using yeah but that didn't and like look. I ran through this preamp and this sort of stuff <laughs> but it's like which
1: like guys guys will do that but like yeah it's like, like think I need, when they're in the it's studio like, it's
0: like what tone did you use and even like that question you can answer differently it's like what tone did you use you can i feel like jasper's answer to that question could be like well i was looking for a sound that was kind of like a sitar you know or a sound that was kind of just like you know it it could be talking about like the room that the sound is coming from Mm -hmm. you know and things Mm -hmm. like that like just spaces and textures and colors that are inspiring that sound rather than numbers and like metrics
1: right which comes you know back it's like being aware of what you like is so important for that yeah for all of that
0: yeah and i think for him it's like and and i've as i've tried to adopt that for myself i've noticed like oh well okay searching and being aware of like possible sounds and textures is so much more creatively interesting than being like well, what happens if I turn the dial to this number instead? You know, how does that affect the sound? Oh yeah, you have. I mean, it's like I'm not a scientist.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think some people operate that way, and yeah. that, and that's fine too. I, you know, but thinking at a certain point after you've like studied and and tried to be, become proficient at whatever you do, um, thinking in a conceptual manner is going to be the approach. Yeah. It's like, how do I make this sound like a dog barking or like, how do I, how do I take the color blue and put it into this? Yeah. That's deep. Like asking yourself those questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's another, and another side of that too is like after a while, if you've spent enough time around the tools and the equipment and the gear, you, you don't even need to ask yourself those sort of measurement questions anymore you just after a while your gears should become an extension of you and your instrument you know so you should just know to do the the things by muscle memory a little bit mm-hmm. to get a certain sound and it should just be about getting that sound instead of mm-hmm. instead of doing the right things but yeah the quote-unquote right things
1: yeah i haven't heard that before that's it's a good way to think about it mm-hmm. I'm out of coffee, otherwise I'd be sipping as well.
0: <laughs> I'm almost done. Hold on. Mmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, the gear, sh- the gear should never, like, be getting in the way I think it's... <laughs> yeah, I, li- I like the idea of, like, you're not trying to get the right sound. You're trying to get whatever sound is in your head and your ability to manipulate the gear in a way that provides a pathway for you to do that. That's the, that's kind of the thing. Yeah. It's like the, some of my favorite producers that I've worked with have made like some of the gnarliest, weirdest, most terrible sounds, (laughs) but they work super well in the context of the song. Yeah.
0: It's like perfect for that, that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And and being open to just trying unconventional things. I think if you just have, like if you have a sense of pride and like, no, I have to be polished all the time and all my sounds have to be, you know, type yeah, A. Yeah,
1: squ- it's pretty square.
0: Yeah. It's like you, you wouldn't even have the chance to do those, those kick-ass things if you're just confining yourself to like the quote-unquote professionalism every single time. If you just allow yourself to be vulnerable.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just be vulnerable. It's think I think it's how you get to a place where you're willing to hear someone, and they're willing to hear you. Whether you're in conversation or you're, yeah, you're playing music with somebody, you have to be willing to like meet somebody where they're at, and vice versa, in order for that to like really be a, a meaningful experience and not just something that's happening.
0: Right, I think. One of my favorite conversations with uh, Dave Holvig was talking about like the band scenario where you know you're not necessarily the MD, but you want to be contributing, and just sort of taking on this mentality of like, let's all be like, how can how can we get everybody to feel comfortable? Because if everybody's comfortable and not worried about judgment or whatever, what other people's perception of them is. People are free to actually put their voice out there Mm -hmm. and try new things. Mm -hmm. And when you get that, then you're off to the races because I feel like just the whole goal for me on like in a band setting is like I want people to be doing their thing. And if it does, if something doesn't work, we can all just agree that it doesn't work and nobody's feelings are hurt.
1: Yeah.
0: But you have to just you all have to be comfortable and vulnerable with each other to get to that place. Otherwise, people are just like they're going to they're going to hold things close to the chest because they're like, "Well, I don't want people to shoot this down or take you know? what I have or take what I have. Yeah, that's that's another aspect of it, too. And I think I think if you can just adopt the like, listen, I'm just going to do my thing. And if you don't like something I do, you're not attacking me. Mm -hmm. You just have the freedom to throw ideas out there and have a higher output, I think, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're not when you don't have that fear of judgment.
1: Yeah. No, it's just it's like a. I think when we're making music, oftentimes everything feels personal. So it's like, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Sometimes I think the you know, when you're involved with a bunch of people who are like emotional and and i think that there's yeah that emotional spiritual human element to making music i think that sometimes that can be hard and sometimes people maybe people need to be mad or maybe like having that emotional bandwidth of getting in somebody's face i don't know I don't, yeah. i'm not saying you need to be like rude to somebody <laughs> right but right. sometimes like sticking to your guns too yeah can be like a thing but
0: yeah I, I definitely think so. There's a way to go about that that isn't malicious. There's totally. a way to go about that that's healthy.
1: Totally. It's just so, I mean, you get we can like talk about it, but getting into the real world of like actually dealing with people and creating things is messy. It's a messy process and sometimes emotionally it can be exhausting. And I think it's like great to try and be, um, you know, professional and like, put on a smile some some but sometimes like that's not the thing it's like sometimes like no this sucks and we need to acknowledge the fact that this is like not good or like um maybe it's okay for us to all be like upset or frustrated or like whatever Mm -hmm. um i think oftentimes as like a freelance person when we're kind of like shying away from having the emotional capacity or like a large emotional range where it's like no I need to show up like what were we talking about earlier like you don't want to show up and be a bummer right? but sometimes like things are frustrating and like how can we can we have space for that can I can I be mad that you don't like my idea right now
0: right like what if we take it too far sometimes and we're like I'm gonna be so professional that I don't show my human weak side
1: and like that's and that's an element of not being vulnerable yeah I think, and I think that that can be limiting in a, in a capacity as well exactly I agree it's just hard you know man it's it's just hard to know like i think I think being honest with yourself is always the best approach. it's just sometimes like saying that or like finding a way to deliver that information in a way that's not like doesn't come across in a way that's the hard part because in inside things can feel like like you're on fire or or like or maybe you're like terribly sad about something yeah and like how do i how do i communicate this in a way to you that helps you understand how i'm feeling about this thing yeah um that's that's not so
0: cool that's such a i just love i'm getting like pumped hearing you talk about this sort of stuff
1: yeah, I'm, I just, it's just an interesting, you know, man, I've like been doing the freelance thing for a, a long time. And I think sometimes, like, f- freelance dudes will, like, call each other af- after something and be like, that was weird, right? Or, like, what was what was that about? And yeah. it's like, can we, you know, like, can I just, in the moment, instead of waiting till afterwards, like, in the moment, is there a way for you to receive this revelation that maybe you're unaware of? Yeah. And maybe we can all be better as a result of that
0: yeah i just love how open to the moment you are i don't know i feel like that's a huge aspect that that like i personally struggle with a lot but it's like that is such a integral part of the musical experience
1: oh yeah i mean we i have conversations with reese a lot about like there people have different approaches to what like a live show is and some people are always chasing like Oh it needs to be per- like I missed that fill in this one spot it's like oh nah, man I'm just like chasing energy on <laughs> yeah. stage like what do we need to do to like try and find that thing of like this feels really really good as a collective yeah and we're listening and responding to one another in a way that's real yeah like, that's what that's what I'm chasing in a live situation yeah and, and like in the studio it's the same thing but you're ca- you're capturing it so it's a different kind of yeah it's a different kind of thing but
0: it's like it's like over a window of time but in still the like I,
1: a couple times this week I've talked with multiple people about like the best way to make music like make a record most of the time is like we're all together playing yeah because that's going to always yield different results than like like you know being up being by yourself or like remote remote tracking or something like that like right i think some of the greatest records are like one person doing it but you you know how it is it's yeah. like
0: yeah there's just a there's just like an impossible dynamic to achieve by yourself if the dynamic you're going for is is like the excitement of a of a group of people mm-hmm. creating something together it's just like it's just a new dynamic and yeah i think you just have to appreciate both but mm-hmm. I love hearing, I love hearing you talk about this sort of stuff. I'm like, oh, it gets
1: me excited. Dude. Yeah.
0: It's getting me like fired up. Cause I'm like, Ooh, this is, this is, this is making me excited to create something now.
1: I don't know. Yeah, right. On. I feel like this is just how you feel all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh it's a lot of, there's a lot of emotions going on. I don't okay. always like, I don't know. It's one of those things, like as much as like we were talking about, um wanting to to share you know how you're feeling about something or like an idea in a way that's like you can you can present that to somebody sometimes too you just don't you just hang out it's like i don't know you're not like sometimes you pick up on the fact that they're not gonna understand what you're saying and it's like at some point instead of trying to like beat a dead horse you're just like all right i'll, yeah. do, I'll do that thing cool that's <laughs> yeah fine.
0: right right yeah, sometimes that's just what, it's just what a person wants. Yeah, you just gotta respect it. Okay, one last thing that I want to mm-hmm. ask you: Do you have anything coming up that we could like highlight?
1: Yeah, I mean, I have a show. I have a show on the 29th with um, Dream Spook. It's the name of this guy's project, and that his EP is forthcoming. And I played bass on it, and some, probably some guitar, maybe some synthesizers. I don't know. Like you just get in a room and ideas happen and you're like trying, trying to make stuff happen. And I think that EP that he's coming out with is super, super cool. Really glad to be a part of it. And he was uh, it was a, it was kind of the ideal situation where it's three people in a room making music together. Yeah. And a really like a safe, yeah, a safe, creative space. And they kind of allowed me to to be able to be me. On like a re- so like if you listen to that stuff a lot of that is like in the moment happening and I'm really proud of it and the work that we did on it so
0: that's awesome yeah that'll be you coming said out you said that's Dream Spook mm-hmm. awesome the 29th
1: the yeah the show is on the 29th um you can find out all pertinent details on his Instagram page and uh I think that EP will be coming out in early October
0: the best month of the year.
1: Is it your birthday month. Or are you just an October fan?
0: No, I'm just an October fan.
1: I am too, man. October is a great month. I love fall foliage.
0: I love Halloween. Halloween's
1: understated holiday as an adult. I agree. Do you watch any scary movies on Halloween?
0: I do. I like to. Well, it's also so by tradition around Halloween, I begin watching Nightmare Before Christmas to like hype up from Halloween to Christmas. Nice. Um but I also yeah, recently I've just been really into like I've discovered that I like horror movies.
1: Me too actually. It, it's yeah.
0: and it was weird. I was like am I am I a big fan of Alien now?
1: <laughs> My <Am I> a... <laughs> everyone should be a big fan of Alien. Yeah, let's yeah. Just, yeah. Say, let's just say that for the I record. just
0: I I didn't grow up like I just grew up very like I mean, we weren't allowed to watch rated R movies as kids. We weren't oh, totally. allowed to watch, you know, movies. What was with the first rated R
1: movie you watched?
0: I, oof, the first, I'm trying to think. It was probably something, it, to be honest, the first rated R movie I ever watched was probably on TV somewhere because we grew up out in the country and like we didn't have a lot of TV. We just had like the basic like 10 channels or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but every now and then on like, my 29 or fox or something like that they would have like movie marathons so i remember as a kid there was a saw marathon oh and
1: that was well, probably what saw like on uh, on public television like how much of that is edited down oh i don't even remember it's like, you, it's like you're I just 20 minutes
0: I was, but as a kid freaking terrifying
1: oh yeah no like, it's like your stomach feels weird
0: yeah i was like but... the, i i need to i need to like tell somebody that i saw this <laughs> as a kid growing up in like a christian home you're like i need to tell somebody i saw this so that way i'm God. going to heaven still Yeah, i
1: gotta come clean like right now <laughs> i'm sweating
0: yeah but the first i don't know if it's not the first one the the first saw movie is probably one of the first horror movies i ever saw which which is which which holds up?
1: Yeah, I'm, oh, totally. The first I mean, one the rest holds of, up. The rest of the Saw movies are just uh, uh, what it, I don't know what the, what you call that genre. Torture porn. Yeah, that it's that, and uh, but the first one completely different from the rest of them. Oh
0: yeah, the like the twists in that movie are genuinely good twists. Mm-hmm. And if you if you get the if you get the chance to see that movie without knowing what actually
1: happens, and it's, it's the guy, amazing. The main guy is the guy from Princess Bride. Yeah, I mean, how could you not? Want to see him be tied to a, a pole in a room, right? <laughs> you know, right.
0: I think he plays a. I think he plays a doctor in that movie too. He's oh. just, and he's he. He played a good doctor, and he does an amazing American accent. Oh, he's British. Yeah, at least at it. least I'm pretty sure it because it. I I recently he was in the new season of Stranger Things and I was was like, he? Yeah, and he had lost he had lost a good amount of weight in that for that show. Or I don't know if it's for Ford. Stranger Things. Yeah. He plays. Like, but he's not like a big guy. No, he plays like the mayor. He plays just some random side character. Was that your stomach? Yes. Because <sighs> my stomach's been doing some of those noises too. And I'm like, I better keep talking because my stomach's chatting up a storm.
1: <laughs> yeah, just keep going.
0: Um. Yeah, He. but he. he looked considerably thinner in like Stranger Things. And so I was like, is that actually him? And he was doing an an American accent really well, and I was just like, "Holy crap, that was him!" So I like looked it up, and I was just blown away. Huh? He's a great actor. Yeah. All right. What's his name? (laughs) I'm I'm looking it up. If you can think of it,
1: I want to say it's Brian something. That'd be my guess.
0: It's Brad Cast. That is not what I expected his name what to be, Carrie Elwis.
1: His name's Carrie. Yeah, <laughs> I've met a couple of Carries. It's not it's not shocking. Uh, known a couple Carries. We can just edit this out, right? This is not gonna make the cut, right? Yeah,
0: I can edit out whatever you want.
1: Oh, cool. Are you still driving from like somewhere far away to be here?
0: Circle Pines, dude.
1: So how long is it to get here?
0: Today it was like an hour because everybody forgot how to drive because it was raining a little bit.
1: Oh my goodness! Tell me about it. Can we take a moment of silence to observe how bad Minnesota drivers are? Can get out of the fast lane right now! I'm gonna. I can't stand it. I'm yeah, I'm crazy.
0: If you're listening to this right now and you are in, in the, the fast le- lane, if you're in and the left lane. And, if you're in the left lane, not passing somebody. Just get over to the right lane, please. That's all we're asking Thank you to you. do. Also, please subscribe and rate this podcast. Leave a comment. Love ya.